0: Arizona sports. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Social Studies, brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Oh, it's time for some social
1: studies where we dive into our social media account, most notably Twitter, and uh, explore what's going on and the questions Jared asks, and Sarah's here to take us through it. Hi, Sarah.
2: Hello, hello. Welcome into Social Studies, everyone. Thanks to everyone who has stuck with us on Bickley and Murata Mornings today. I know a lot of you Suns fans are not really feeling it. It today, but we're glad to have you with us to commiserate, to try and make sense of the game, all of that good stuff. Mostly to complain. We're really good at that, especially in social studies. Let's start with uh, an open ended question. You guys have spent the last three hours sharing your biggest takeaways, but we're going to ask what are your biggest takeaways from game one against the Clippers last night?
1: Disorganization. Several members of the Suns talked about it. Monty Williams talked about yep. it on a couple of different fronts. Organize yeah. or lack of organization offensively. But they got uh, they got hit in the face. Sometimes the playoff they always say playoff playoff series doesn't start until the road road team wins a game. Oh, or, I've heard that before. Or yeah. It doesn't start until one <laughs> team gets slapped in the face and gets a wake up call that they probably didn't need to have, but if the, if that they, if they're not getting it by now, it was never meant to be anyway. Mm-hmm. So disorganization. They got they got some stuff they got to button up.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The offensive flow and the offensive um, just decision, just everything about it. The, the design. Uh, that's that's what I think has to kind of be tweaked.
2: Sure. Our listener responses. Their biggest takeaways from game one against the Clippers. Clint from Tulsa says the Suns are a finesse team, which is great for the regular season. Herbert Nenninger says, If Kawhi Leonard keeps up what he did last night, it's going to be a long series. Shooting will improve for the Suns, but they must be willing to make substitutions that are offensive. The effort on the glass is everyone's issue. The more we complain, the less chance the refs will call it. Okay, so the more we complain, the more the the Suns complain, the less chance the refs will call it, says Herbert. Uh, Jaden Houston says... We need to get a rebound. <laughs>
1: Corp Shasta says. I think everybody that was watching that game in the arena or on television last night that was rooting for the Suns had that same feeling. Get a rebound!
2: <laughs> Corp Shasta says my biggest takeaway is the ball I managed to rebound away from DA while I was sitting in my living room. <laughs> 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 a TL writes Monty Williams lost this game rotations exclamation point and not making it a priority for KD to get more shots uh, let's see Last one from J.J. Go fast. The Clippers wanted this playoff matchup. Last week, they played their starters to secure this seed, final game of the regular season. And now I get why. The pressure is squarely on Monty now. I
1: don't think that's fully accurate. I don't think the Clippers wanted any part of the Suns in the first round. I think the Clippers kind of messed around uh, for most of that I game, was, hoping to
3: get Sacramento. I, it's, not a, it's not the greatest of sources, but I was told by somebody peripherally... Um, attached to the LA sports scene, that the Clippers very much believe they can beat the Suns without Paul George. But that, but again, you meet people say they know things, and yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm attaching the. I don't know if this what? person knows this, and thing. that could that be true. But don't you think they would have rather had Sacramento in the first round? <laughs>
4: That's the Warriors right now.
3: Listen, that, I think I think all of us have slept on how good Deer and Fox
2: is as a basketball oh, yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. All More right. on that coming up later. Ooh, yes. <laughs> all right, we've got another Suns question for you. Four option poll: Who had the most disappointing game one last night? Chris Paul, Da, the bench as a whole, or Monty Williams?
3: My vote is on Monty.
1: My vote is on the bench. Oof, rough. You can only first field goal in the third quarter. What is this? Uh, you can't get uh, what's the saying? You can't get blood out of a stone.
3: What is it? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't get blood from a stone. Yeah. I am not familiar with that one. Yeah, but 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 it okay, makes sense? so then so then why is it the bench's fault if they're stones? Why wouldn't you blame the head coach for the deployment of it? The guy, I mean,
1: regardless of who you call on. And I'm not saying Monty is without blame, because I would not have switched the starting lineup. I just would not have made that switch in Game 1. If you need to in Game 2 and beyond, absolutely. But your bench players, we talked about it in the weeks leading up to this. It's hard to come up with a rotation when nobody plays well on the bench.
4: And nobody plays well well two games in a row, so there was never a consistent all season. Okay, Okay, point taken. But he's right, though. You don't blame the Stones. You blame the Stone Squeezer. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The squeezer of the
1: stone.
4: Remember that Stop line.
1: squeezing stones, Jared. Remember that linebacker for Notre Dame, Michael
3: Stone Squeezer. My stone Breaker. <laughs> Chris oh my Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Rocket Ismail. <laughs> Tim Captain.
2: Callie <laughs> <Kelly> Chabuka. <laughs> Orlando Woolridge. It's a tie for who the people are oh, most tie. disappointed in. Thirty three point five percent for Monty Williams and for DeAndre Ayton as far as who had the most disappointing game last night. Twenty two percent say the bench. Wait, Ayton had eleven more ball.
4: than br- oh, man, DeAndre Ayton. I feel I mean, like it's unfair to even be disappointed in Ayton anymore. can I mean? This, you you know what he is. You know what it's, it's frustrating. Yes,
1: like, it is fair. frustrating, but. He was worlds better than the bench last night.
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Big Panda says he is most disappointed in Monty and his rotation. I get we didn't have campaign, but why play Landry Schammett so much? Why did Josh Okoge play so much in the second half of the season, only to get seven minutes last night? Uh, Desert Rat says this was a team loss, missing wide open mid-range jump shots. The bench was terrible, plus the lack of defensive rebounds when it counted. No one person cost us this loss. I can't even blame the refs this time. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Prestigard says Ty Lu coached circles around Monty, especially in the first quarter. Dental Tech says, as disappointed as I was with D.A., he was the only one fighting in any way for boards. Monty, feel free to let your guys know to put a body on someone.
1: I don't know. Chris Paul was fighting on the boards. Eleven as, as, of them. As a six-one guard yeah. down in, in the muck,
3: he was fighting hard. I was, uh, was, I was astounded at when I got the box score because you saw what he was doing, but when you see the rebound totals, it's... Yes, alarming.
4: It's disappointing that what kept Chris Paul from a triple double was the points. Right? Is that (laughs) funny? That's not a good sign.
1: It's it's kind of the same feeling like when you watch when you get a box score after a football game and you're like, "Wow, our safety had 18 tackles. (laughs) That's awesome!" But it's really terrible. Where were the front seven? Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Speaking of safety, Buda Baker, we had a Buda Baker question. We don't have time to get to it now. Perhaps we will talk about it a little bit later in the show. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Maybe tomorrow. Or sometime this week. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be resolved. I think it's a lingering story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a lingering beef, It's It's dangling beef. It's dangling dangling beef. beef. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Social studies every morning at 9 o'clock where you can vent. If you choose to, at uh, Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. You can also text your thoughts at any time to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, you lose a game one at home in an NBA playoff series. Is it a death knell? Well, we'll get into the possibilities next. Bickley and Murata mornings. Here on Arizona
0: Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Maratta talk Suns Clippers. Now.
3: Kawhi was absolutely brilliant in this game with Westbrook struggling and without Paul George they needed his offense he delivered it he barely left the floor in the second half zoom which is the kind of the style that they've been getting him ready for they've been building to that Kevin Durant scoreless in the first quarter and scoreless in the third and even though he had 10 points in the fourth down the stretch of the game the Suns couldn't find him the ball kept going to people not named Kevin Durant or Devin Booker down the stretch and that's something they're going to have to address so Kawhi got the edge in this one. But I'm going to tell you, if we're going to keep seeing this, with these two guys guarding each other down the stretch, we are in for a potentially epic series between
1: these two teams. That's Brian Windhorst from ESPN. I was at the game last yeah. night covering it for uh, the four-letter network. Kawhi Leonard definitely did win the matchup. And, you know, part of the refrain was after the trade, well, oh, the Suns are going to have the best player in any series now. Well, that might be the case. Kevin Durant was not the best player on the floor last night. Kawhi, no. Kawhi Leonard was.
3: Yeah, I know he was. And it was uh, a monstrously good performance. He's got this something about him. We saw that in the Raptors run to the championship. We saw it with him early on in San Antonio. Um, these big moments, he, he just he just rises to. He meet takes them. over. He just and and he does it in such a I, I don't such a studly way. And
1: an unorthodox way. Yeah, I mean, those jump shots. Yeah, they're line drives. I mean, they make Landry Shamit's jump <laughs> shot look like it's got a lot of arc on it. Yeah, it, it's a line
3: drive, is right. Yeah, but he just almost like wills the ball into the basket, and it's. Yeah, it's it, that 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 to me is the wild card in all of this. The wild card is just the Kawhi Leonard thing because I was of the opinion that the Suns two superstars, that in the NBA playoffs, two teams with two superstars don't lose to teams with one, and and that is kind of how I bottomed out yeah. and bottom line this series. And and again, it, that may very well turn out to be the case. You're pro- it could over the series, yes. Yeah, we don't have the full series no. to reflect on right now. No,
1: but. Maybe bigger uh, picture, you lose a game one at home, meaning you're the higher seed. You've got the home court advantage in a best of seven. How often does that bear out over? The, and we see it every year in the postseason. We saw it around the league. Yep. You, you know, th- this weekend the Lakers go to Memphis. They beat Memphis in game one as a seven seed. Miami as an eight seed, beats Milwaukee at home. Now there was injuries involved in both of those, so th- those series might actually hold water. I didn't get a chance to do extensive research on this, pick. Mm-hmm. I went back to last season over the course of the entire postseason in the NBA. There were five instances where a road team, the lower seed, won game one on the road. Minnesota beat Memphis in the first round in game one. Um, Memphis won that series. Utah beat Dallas in game one of their first round series. Dallas won that series. If you go to the semifinal round, Golden State beat Memphis on the road in Memphis as the lower seed. And they went on to win that series. Mm. Boston and Milwaukee in the uh, conference semifinals or conference finals. Milwaukee won game one. Boston won the series. And in the NBA finals, Boston won game one. In San Francisco, and Golden State won the series. So there were five instances just last year where the road team won Game One. Only one of them went on to win that series, mm. and that was the eventual okay. champion, Golden State
3: Warriors. Yeah, I think historically it's 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 about seventy eight to twenty two percent. Is it really? Yeah, but I think twenty two percent of the. So time. last year's the anomaly. Yeah, but 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 unless it's a new trend, unless unless you know that stuff doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. I I, I think. I, I'm going to keep looking in terms of the silver lining that that this was probably the first real hardcore test the basketball team has. Now they've got some real tangible data to work with. Yeah. You know, the, uh, tangible data but
1: some things that, you know, aren't tied to data, it's tied to feel, it's tied to yeah. energy, it's tied to focus is get, getting off to slow starts. And the Suns definitely did that again last night. They scored 18 points in the first quarter. Kevin Durant talked about the slow start.
5: Oh, yeah, credit for playing of defense. But- I think we were able. We missed some good shots there in that first quarter, and we were able to get it going there in the second, the third quarters. We definitely like to uh, have better starts, but uh, sometimes that happens, and it's about how you bounce back from it. But I think we did a solid job in the second and second and third bouncing back.
1: Yep, uh, Kevin, or excuse me, Devin Booker also talked about the slow start.
5: I don't know. Again, I have to go back and watch it. You know, I know we started off slow, but, you know, found it, got it back before half, and then came out in the third quarter with, you know, good energy. Big up and down game, you know, and then give it away at the end of the third. And, you know, the rest was what happened in the fourth.
1: Yeah, um... That end of the third quarter was a a crucial stretch. And I was trying to look that up, too. I I, I haven't been able to find it yet uh, because I'm, I guess, not adept at using the lineup tool thing on (laughs) NBA.com. But the lineup that was on the floor at the end of the third quarter when the lead went from nine to a tie game and... Like that, it it felt like the blink of an eye. It was actually over a couple minutes. Devin Booker, Jock Landale, Landry Shamit, Josh Okogie, and Ish Wainwright on the floor together. That's
3: not good. That's talk about
1: what Andrew Greif said in in our interview with him covering the Clippers. So he's looking at the game through the Clippers lens Mm -hmm. to present to his readers. Mm -hmm. But it stood out so much to him that that particular lineup and what was the phrase he used? It looked like they didn't know what they were doing together. I want, and the reason why I was trying to look it up on the lineup tool. is how
3: How often has that lineup been on the floor together? That's a great point. That's a great. I would love to know that. Keep looking, Vinny. See (laughs) if you can find the answer. I gotta, I gotta talk to Kellen. I I
1: gotta get the tutorial on Kellen. Yeah,
3: right there you go. So, so to me, this is I I don't know that was playing with fire at that point in time. You can't, you can't chunk away minutes like that at, at trying to steal away some rest in the playoffs. That's you can't do that especially when uh, the shame of it, um, very much like the Game 7 against Dallas, was the energy in the building. It was a tinderbox
1: waiting to erupt. I told you off the air when I was doing the player introductions. Mm -hmm. By the way, I was on my
4: game last night. Oh, (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) A lot of of buzz around those. Wow, a lot of buzz. But I, I
1: could barely hear myself because the crowd... It's different. When the playoffs start in Phoenix, Arizona, it's just different in that building. And then the the team responds by doing what they did. And it sucks the energy out Mm -hmm. of the building for a good long time. And it took about 18 minutes for the Suns to start playing Suns basketball
3: last night, quite honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it did, and that's too much it of a did. hole usually to no, dig out of. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and again, I thought I thought when they came out after halftime, I thought what they did in the third quarter in upping their focus and aggression, you could feel it, and the way mm-hmm. they protected the rim. I'm not used to watching the Suns protect the rim the way they did last night. Meeting Zubats at the rim um, uh, uh, every time the Clippers thought they were trying to get something inside, the Suns were challenging everything, and I'm like, wow, this yeah. is this is a level of competitiveness defensively that I normally don't see from this team. Yeah. Uh, and that's good because it's the playoffs. The last regular season game. Not that that was
1: a great barometer of anything, but the way Norman Powell just like held a layup right. line, yeah. right. his personal <laughs> right. layup line. Right. It was a lot different last night, and that's something to take you know take as a positive moving forward in this series. Is that's something that needs to continue. You can score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word ticket to six twenty six twenty. That'll get you registered. Then listen for your name today in the noon hour and the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 2 tickets. That'll put you into the, into the drawing for those as the Suns take on the Clippers tomorrow night. Once again, that's ticket to 620-620. Uh, if you haven't done it, if you've already done it, Just sit back and listen for your name. There you go. Uh, Coming up next, an NBA playoffs edition of Hardware. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona
0: Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford.
2: Happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us through the final half hour of our show here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're going to our website, Arizona. ArizonaSports.com for a look at today's poll question. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata, where do the Suns most need to improve for game two? Three options for you to vote on. All right. Their offensive execution, their bench production, or their rebounding. They need
3: to take two plates to the buffet at one time. (laughs) Yes. That's what they need to do.
4: And don't
2: worry about the drink.
4: That will definitely improve some sort of offensive production. Oh, (laughs) some sort of production I don't
3: know what do you want to vote on
1: Vinny I mean bench rebounding I've been harping on the bench but on that front, it's offensive execution. It's supposed to be easy, right? Although I got called out on Twitter, how are you blaming the bench when Craig isn't coming off the bench and three scorers for us, Lee, Ross, and Tony Buckets, playing little to no minutes, this is all on Monty. Again, if those three players had done better in the regular season, we wouldn't be having this discussion
3: those, if they were
4: consistent. Those three players have more than one good game out of well, three. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's offensive execution. And what's
3: though. unfortunate about it, though, is now now there might be adjustments and you might see, you know, you might see See TJ Warren and Damian Lee and Terrence Ross. And then what if that doesn't work? Yeah. I I, I hate the feeling of a losing coach changing and chasing a series in this regard. Yeah. Is everybody equipped to play 48 in game two? Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, KD was then just that. about there. And there's that. We're talking about one day between series. I know Book will be fine. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's place our vote. Ooh. Forty-three percent say rebounding is where the Suns most need to improve for Game Two. Thirty percent say offensive execution. Twenty-seven percent say bench production.
1: And the bench production and offensive execution are tied together hand somewhat. in hand. Yeah, sure. and the rebounding, for that matter. Well, yeah, a, it's all. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all part of it. Weird how everything works together. <laughs> That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it now on the uh, homepage at arizonasports.com.
0: Arizona Sports, the local
1: sports leader.
0: Handing out the hardware. Hardware, it's our version of the award show.
1: It's going to be basketball flavored today oh, yeah. in the NBA playoffs. It's brought to you by Revitalized Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalized Proud Nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Leading off Dan Brickley. The
3: Poor Planning Award, Vinny, goes to either the project managers or the civil engineers or ADOT, whoever schedules road construction projects <laughs> in the valley. Last night I-10 eastbound was closed. After the game, the 202 was a gridlock of construction at 9:30 p.m. The route I had to take home. Now, this isn't all about me, right? But this is some real good coordination. Who's coordinating this, Jared Carlin? What? <laughs> you do all this on game 1 of the home playoff series? You know what it is? They all wait for the tourist season to end to unload all these construction projects. Let's not bother the tourists. Let's don't get me started. You can't uh, inconvenience Charles and Millie from Fondelac. Thank you! But you can inconvenience <laughs> Dan Bickley. Bickley. Who lives here 24-7, 365 Come on, A-Dot. Come on. I don't even know if it's A-Dot. I love your signs. But come on!
1: You got <laughs> to you gotta take the advice of uh David Allen Greer's dad from Boomerang. You got to coordinate. Coordinate. Fond
2: du Lac, huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, My first award is the Thick Disrespect Award, and I'm giving it to TNT. The network aired a 30-second promo for Game 2 of the series between the Kings and the Warriors, which is tonight. It was 30 seconds of Steph Curry highlights with an announcer tag that said Warrior Kings, Games 2, Monday night. Uh, By the way, the Kings won Game 1, but they seem to be thriving on this feeling that nobody is giving them a chance against the defending champions, even though they have home-court advantage. And the Warriors are so allergic to winning on the road, they carried an EpiPen to Sacramento with them, but still... Nobody's giving the Kings a chance.
4: Hey, Did any of us think the Kings would win that series? Nope. Yeah. Nope. But I think they're going to win it. Now. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, My first award is the Suns Does Not Always Rise Early Award, and it goes to the Phoenix Suns, who, in the last two home playoff games, have been outscored 57 to 35 in the first quarter. Woo. In the last three playoff games overall, have been outscored 176 to 126 in the first half. I do not understand how, in the biggest games of the year, they could not come out ready to go looking insane. It's very frustrating. Yeah, Especially for- with the way last season ended, you'd think they'd be so ready for this one.
1: That's good stuff, Jarrett. Going back to games, I had forgotten about game six, that flat Yeah, game start. six,
4: they got blown out early in the first half, too.
1: The real problem in game seven last year, though, is they scored 17 points in the first quarter, and then
4: 10 in the second. No, that was bad, <laughs> yeah. ooh, That was ooh, the real was bad. bad. Yesterday, they scored 18 points in the first quarter, but they did have a better second yes, quarter. Yes, yeah. they did.
2: All right, this is the fake Tough guy award, and regrettably, Suns fans, it goes. It goes to one of you. It goes to a fan who was at the game last night. I'm sure we've all seen it by now. There's a video circulating social media of a Suns fan getting into it with Russell Westbrook, just exchanging words, nothing physical. But they're both in a club area that uh, some players use as a shortcut to and from the locker room. Here's a, a, a cut of that exchange. Watch your mouth. So it's a lot of watch your mouth and take it like a man. The fans saying take it like a man. Westbrook saying watch your mouth. Now did the the bleeped out... The bleeped out language, did that come from Russell Westbrook? Yes, it did. <laughs> MS. Watch your mouth. Blank, blank. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Chris, Haynes, the reason I bring that up is because Chris Haynes of TNT reports this morning, like 30, 40 minutes ago, that the NBA is looking into that exchange with the fan. He says the likelihood of Westbrook being suspended is incredibly slim, but the NBA is looking into it.
1: Yeah, I, I know somebody who was uh, privy to that exchange, and this person that I know is a Giant Suns fan that had access to that and was on Twitter last night saying Russell Westbrook was not in the wrong.
4: Do we know what preceded the video? No. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's part of the problem. The video starts like mid- was it something that happened
4: that happened in that room, or was it something that happened on the court and then he. Like, I don't know. followed the guy do into we, the room. No, I no, the guy I don't was, believe
2: was,
3: the guy no, was no. sitting down. Yeah, he was no, hanging no. in this club there's area. A, there's, this club area is a shortcut so players, when they come out of the locker room, they don't have to go all the way around to the entrance of the court. They go, boom, right through it.
1: Yeah, there were some people saying, Russell Westbrook went up to a suite
3: to assault no, 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 a family. No, no, no. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is something, this is, this is very commonplace for teams. Suns even yeah. do it on the other side of the yeah, building. Yes, they do. And there seems to be some speculation that the fan in question might
1: be the money-flashing guy from the 2021 Mm, mm, final. That has not been proven yet.
3: My last award is the Stop Foul Hunting Award. I'm giving it to Devin Booker, whom I love dearly as a basketball player, but I'm imploring him once again, quit looking for calls in big moments. Last night when he drove the hoop, which was a curious decision in the first place, he put up some whack left-handed attempt. And after the block, his immediate reaction, and I mean immediate, was to look to the ref and complain, and while he was doing that, Russell Westbrook threw the ball off his leg when he wasn't looking. Now, if, if he was in the moment, would he have caught the ball? Could he have gotten out of the way? I don't know. But again, I this is, this is the final frontier for D-Book, and I know this. Quit looking for fouls, and that is when they will arrive. Yep.
1: Uh, my last award is the this guy sees everything coming except for male pattern baldness award and I'm giving it to LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers uh, after Austin Reeves had his uh, big moment on a playoff oh, stage holy yesterday small and and I'm, I'm him am. really but so <laughs> so you know who you know who knew this was coming from day one LeBron he sees everything oh. coming
5: well it's not surprising to me. Uh, I knew from the first practice that we had when we grabbed him that that wasn't going to be long. Um He wasn't going to be a two-way player for long.
1: Yeah, and then uh, people feasted on that, LeBron. Uh, The the famous LeBron saw it coming meme really got a workout yesterday.
3: The (laughs) fact that Austin Reeves was so in a zone that LeBron was over there asking for the ball and he wasn't even looking at him. I'm like, wow.
4: Hillbilly Kobe, they call him. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I'm not going to make fun of Austin Reeves. He's a good player. And and to have the audacity to play the way he is, is you've got to respect that.
4: Yep. Uh, Real quick, my last award is the Monty Williams is no Monty Hall. Let's make a deal award. And it goes to all players who are in Suns trades this season. None of them won any playoff games so far. Cam Johnson and Mikkel Bridges with the Nets, lost. Jay Crowder with the Bucks lost. Dario Saric with Oklahoma City, lost. And, of course, Kevin Durant, TJ Warren with the Suns, lost. Wow. How
2: How about that? How about that? Was that Bill Allen? That was. Yeah. All right. Do we have time to squeeze mine in? I think we I really, assumed we needed to break. No, I think
1: we need to break. All right, all right. That's fine. We'll just all go to bed. We won't be able to fall asleep tonight because we'll be wondering what Sarah's award it was. It
2: was so good. That's too. Hardware. It's brought to you
1: by Revitalized Weight Loss and Wellness. Coming up next, we end the show with a little crosstalk. Get you warmed up with Wolf and Luke as they join us to discuss Suns Clippers Game 1 next. It's pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob O'Baltra, Bickley and Morata talk Suns Clippers now.
1: Yeah, Suns fall in game one to the L.A. Clippers in the uh, Western Conference quarterfinals at Footprint Center, 115 to 110. We've been spending the morning breaking it down from every conceivable angle, and that will happen from 10 to 2 as well with uh, Wolf and Luke up next and uh, we are joined in studio by half of the Wolf and Luke show yeah this is kind of weird can we call an uh, APB out for, for Luke Lipinski?
5: Yeah. Luke. He was so engrossed in his show prep. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I think he's walking around the parking lot. Don't, <laughs> don't ask me why I think he's out there. but I Oh, there well, he is. is. All right,
1: Wolf, uh, your thoughts on what uh, transpired last night. It was a disappointing start and obviously a disappointing finish for the Suns.
5: Yeah, you know, for me, once again, I think you've got to ask the question right now, are you panicked? No, I am not panicked in any way, shape, or form. I do believe this is going to be a long series. I thought it was going to be a long series only because of the Clippers and how competitive they are and because of Ty Lu, frankly. And I think we saw a lot of the toughness from the Clippers. I think we saw that uh, yesterday, of course, and how they were playing. Rebounding, I think is sustainable for them throughout this series to have a rebounding edge. The Suns have got to be more physical. It comes down to that, and that always starts with DeAndre Ayton, but I still think um, the Suns win this in Six, not swaying off the, the six game for not that. not doing it
1: at the beginning of it, and and how it started, Luke, and there was a lot of people that were a little bit puzzled by Monty Williams' first maneuver of the series, if you will, inserting Tory Craig into the starting lineup, which disrupts your your bench unit. Josh Hoki goes to the bench; he had been effective as a starter. We heard the explanations why. I don't think necessarily those explanations given by Monty Williams worked. How surprised were you to see that that move?
0: Uh, it's one of those things that that got worse as the game went on, too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you said I heard you say it earlier. You kind of surprised when you first saw the starting lineup, and then you know, Torrey Craig goes out there and has a pretty good game, at least offensively. But it's the ripple effect that hits everybody else, and <laughs> I, I I don't know. Now, do you go back and, and start to overcorrect the other way? I mean, yeah, I, you don't want to be facing all yeah. series. You know? Oh, yeah,
3: that's that's
1: that's the worst fear it is the worst fear but you know when when the bench unit struggled as much I said it earlier Bick and I'd love to get everybody's thoughts on it too I wouldn't be surprised to see I think the bench was concerning enough and yes Monty Williams played a part in it but the guys that didn't play T.J. Warren Damian Lee, maybe even a Darius Baisley, just to give different looks. I know you're you're putting it out there early in the series if you're Monty Williams, but they can't
5: have another game from,
1: from the bench where they contribute three buckets to the cause.
5: Yeah, you know, so much of the time, guys, I always look at the tangibles and the intangibles, and the tangibles right now, I go back to the rebounding and the physicality of the Clippers. Is this sustainable for the Clippers? Is it sustainable for them? Can they re- replicate this again? that That's the question you've got to ask. I think for the rest of the series, yes is the answer. I think they can. I think with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup, I think they're actually a better rebounding team, even though the season stats would tell you otherwise. I think with Kawhi in the game, they're a better defensive team, much better, and a better rebounding team as well. And He definitely gave them a jolt back in that lineup right now. I also think Kawhi Leonard Himself, he was Kawhi playoff Kawhi, and we all saw that awesome. He outplayed KD. He -hmm. outplayed Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. He outplayed both those guys when it mattered the most, and. You know, I think it's sustainable for the Clippers. This is going to be a contested series, man. I keep coming back to that.
3: The um, Vinny's got some information where part of this game was lost last night. Uh, when the Suns uh, took control of the game and led by nine, they went with a lineup of Devin Booker. You laid out there, Vinny. This yep. is uh, fascinating. Booker, Landale, Shamit, Akogi,
1: and Wainwright were on the court for... A minute 52 last night in that third quarter stretch where the lead went from when Wainwright came in, it was a, a seven point lead, went to a tie game very quickly in that minute 52. And I was asking the question, how, how much time did that unit spend on the court together during the regular season? <laughs> the answer was two minutes.
0: Oh, they almost doubled it. I didn't know that exact stat. But right.
3: That, I mean, that's sort of what it felt like last night. I mean, but, I was, And that's that's that's. Coaching malfunction there. How, how do you rely on a lineup that's got two minutes of time together yeah. in a moment like that? See, you can't punt away chunks of time in the playoffs. See,
5: like I that. just think about that though, guys. Immediately, why would Monty do that? Then, why would he do that in that it, situation it felt like they right were
0: there? Trying to work things out for the playoffs. Do you think last that night? was, was
3: happenstance? <laughs> You know,
5: was that happening? It looked like he was just trying to buy
3: time for starters. And again, it's it's a dangerous play to make in the playoffs. And then you cough up that league, and it's a tie game going into the fourth. And especially when
1: you went through a similar circumstance in the first half at the end of the second quarter where you know some something similar happened when you had a different bench unit on but you saw a lead of upper, or actually a deficit grow in that instance but to go to it again it almost felt like Monty was trying to tread water with his with his uh, second unit and i think there's a lot of people and i'm sure. one of them i don't think you can have very prolonged stretches at all without two of your big four on the floor together
0: uh, and we saw it twice last th- night in key stretches the thing I was just working on which is why I walked in here late and I'm going to blame it on actual work is I was counting no. up the, the shot attempts in the last nine minutes of the game and it's, it's DeAndre Ayton had six Booker had four Chris Paul had three KD had two which he made both by the way five points on the two shots which is one more than Ish Wainwright or Landry Shamit or Tory Craig in the last nine minutes so again what are you saving them for?
5: Yeah see that to me though, once again, I I believe Kevin Durant and Devin Booker didn't look for their shot the way they should have. That's
0: fine. But either way,
5: he only took two shots in the last nine minutes. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that. But again, I don't think they were very aggressive looking for their shots.
1: I agree with that. And we pointed it out earlier. There were four players on the floor last night who shot the ball for both teams that shot the ball more than Kevin Durant. There was the the third quarter where Kevin Durant played over 10 minutes of action and didn't shoot the ball once. Now, it was an effective (laughs) quarter because he was distributing with six assists. But it all comes down to, and we, we arrived at this too, it all comes back down to, why did you get Kevin Durant? For mm-hmm. him to be the sniper you need him to be in clutch time situations, and he got... One shot in the clutch yeah, it's,
0: it's the part that infuriates me the most from that game last night, and I'm sure everybody has something different. <laughs> but for me, it's the, well, you know, it's the smart move, passing the ball. To a certain extent, maybe in the third quarter you can sell me on that, yes. but you, you are going to live and die based on what Kevin Durant and Devin Booker do. And I know KD's shooting percentage for the game wasn't great because he didn't make anything in the first quarter. No. But after that, he was hitting his shots, so why wasn't he taking them?
1: Yeah, that's a, and a guy who you know, as advertised, he can get a shot anytime he wants it. So I agree with your point, Wolf. I don't think there was enough shot hunting and aggressiveness from the big guys, and and I think that kind of is going to change yeah. in Game Two. You, you talk about sustainability; every game's different in the sure. playoffs. I I set it to Bick, and I hope I'm right now that it's out there. This is shaping up to be in my just from playoff feel and experience a Suns blowout in Game Two. We'll see.
5: Yeah, still, you know, the, I, I hope you're right about that. The Clippers that. No, hope right about <laughs> that. no doubt about
1: uh, that. Guys, it. guys, thanks for coming in. Appreciate hey, it. You boys. Enjoy nice. breaking this one down until two o'clock today. Wolf and Luca up next here on Arizona Sports. Thanks again to Andrew Greif for covering us from the LA, or for uh, joining us from the uh, LA Times. We'll be back tomorrow. A little game two preview. Sun's up against the wall early in this postseason. That'll be the focus tomorrow on Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Have a great day, everybody.